0: Uh, so glad if you're joining us online today that you can be part of our service. As Daniel, uh, we said earlier, it's Vision Sunday. It's an exciting Sunday. Who, how many people, this is your first Vision Sunday at C3 Powerhouse? Give me a wave. It's your first Vision Sunday. Numbers of people, great. So gl- glad to have you as part of this church. Uh, We're believing for favour to be on lots of people, favour to be on uh, people in your workplace for promotion. I just got uh, someone just sent me a a strategy for how to get promotion, a a, a wage increase in your workplace. Who wants to hear it? Okay, just tell your boss. Look, I need a raise if you're going to keep me here because there's three companies after me. And boss said, "Which? Who are they? The gas company, the water company, and the electric company." (laughs) That, That might help some people. Not quite sure uh okay some of the young fellas you're just starting to date you're not sure if she's the one Uh, when your girlfriend comes home in a white suit covered in bee stings and smelling like honey you know she's a keeper uh-huh uh-huh just okay all right let's go to Matthew chapter 28 right now and uh the Bible two of the most important concepts in the word of God are the great commandment and the great commission The great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Those those two commandments capture everything that's in the Bible. And the great commission is what I want to read here now, Matthew chapter 28. It says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, verse 18, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, immersing them in the name of the Father Father, the son and the holy spirit teach these new disciples to obey all the commands i have given you and be sure of this i am with you always even to the end of the age last year the theme for our church uh, was part of our dream for the decade which is to be to uh, brilliant disciple makers and we've defined disciples as someone who is fully immersed And fully surrendered to God, fully immersed in the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and fully surrendered, obeying the commands of Jesus. It's been an awesome focus of us as a church. And so this this focus that Jesus determines us to have is to go and to make disciples disciples. Now, around here, we use the language rather than saying make disciples because we try to use language that, that people who are new to church and people who have been in church like me for 52 years uh, will actually—I just got lost there for a moment. That's a long time. Uh, well, actually, we can understand the same language. So make, around here, the way we say making disciples is transformed lives. We love to see lives transformed. We used to say our vision is to glorify Jesus, to build the church, to, uh, to glorify Jesus and to see transformed lives. But at the end of the day, we realize that what builds the church is seeing lives transformed and what glorifies Jesus more than anything else is seeing lives transformed. So we've simplified it down. Our vision is transformed lives. So around here, we love to see salvations and rededications, We love to see baptisms and we love to hear testimonies, right? Sue, we love it. We love to see people filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, turning from their old ways to follow Jesus because our vision is transformed lives. All right, I'm going to get you to play along with me a little bit today. All right, we love to see people encountering the love of God, weeping as God meets them in their pain, with his kindness. We love to see marriages restored, prodigals return, and families reunited. We love to see broken hearts healed and minds renewed, habits changed, because our vision is We're going to get this by the end. We love to see addictions broken, anxiety overcome, depression defeated, shame lifted, and bodies supernaturally healed. We love to see children celebrated and trained up in God's house, teenagers having fun, making friends, and getting on fire for Jesus, because our vision is... All right, we're doing good. We love to see the lonely find family. The hurting find healing, the tormented find freedom. We love to see those who were once self-absorbed learn how to serve others. We love to see those who were once greedy learn how to be generous. We love to see people grow strong in their faith, go deeper in the Word of God and discover a rich and passionate prayer life because our vision is... There we go. We love to see people discover their God given gifts. We love to see people step into their purpose. We love to see people discover God's calling that's on their life because our vision is transform lives that's what we're all about when I see a a Sue get up here and share her testimony I'm like that's what I'm uh, that's what my energy my effort my time goes Uh, when we see uh, uh, these guys Josh and Bonnie down the front here serving with all their heart exuberant like this smile that just oozes off them loving the house of God, serving us. I'm like, that's our vision, to see people come alive to God and capture the heart of the house. Our vision is transform lives. That, uh, pretty much, I'm going to tell you that every Vision Sunday for a long time to come. This is our vision. It doesn't change. It's why I tithe. It's why I give into the house. It's why I serve. It's why I pray, as I want to be a vessel and a vehicle for the Spirit of God to see lives transformed by His presence and His love and His power. Now, in 2018, which is, uh, well, our church started in 1992. We became the senior pastors in the year 2000. In 2018, God began to speak very significantly about a shift in the atmosphere of our church. Uh, he, he, he sent prophets to, along to our church. And I love that God sends us prophets, uh, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S, prophets. The other kind of prophets are also good, but we're, we're a nonprofit organization, just to be clear, David. All right, but he sends prophetic people to come and to preach and to help guide us on our path. And in 2018, God spoke quite significantly through a number of people, uh, two of them were David McCracken and Mike Connell, who are seasoned prophets. Both of them talked about a shift in our church in that particular year. They talked about our church entering into a new era in 2018. Uh, Mike Connell prophesied over Danielle and I entering into an apostolic prophetic era for our church, that, this, that, that our church would move into a different zone that this here on the sunny coast would be an apostolic hub and that we'd begin to send and release uh, other churches and we'd break through into different atmospheres as a church and as a result of those prophecies and other moments I I got this uh, scripture from God that I really uh, believe was the scripture for this new era and it's in Genesis chapter 35 11 and 12 and says then God said I am El Shaddai God Almighty, come on, He's mighty. He said, Be fruitful, which means to win souls and make disciples, and multiply which means to raise up leaders who can win souls and make disciples. Multiplication. You will become a great nation. That's talking about our church and God's destiny for our church. Even many nations, as in more locations and church plants out of our church. Kings will be among your descendants. We talk about influencers and entrepreneurs that this church is called to change the society that we live in by getting some great a grace on the people of our church. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. That's a landmark facility. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. I love when Paul Geeling came two weeks ago. He talked about a church that would be a generational church, a legacy church, that we would break through, not just for you and I, and then sort of go off, this church would go off the landscape uh, one day when when many of us have retired, but that this church, in fact, would be a legacy church, that we would see generations, your grandchildren and my grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren would be able to drink from the well that we pioneer together. That's the kind of church, your descendants after you. In 2018, we were at a conference in Sydney and Jensen Franklin was preaching. And as he was preaching, the Holy Spirit began to do a number on me and began to really challenge me about us planning a church in Melbourne. I was telling the guys last last week how pretty much I came out of that meeting so overwhelmed by the presence of God, so clear that we were to plant a church in Melbourne and picked up my phone and like a rhema word from the Bible, the, 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 the suburb Ringwood jumped out of Google Maps. The prophet Google spoke to me. Quite remarkable about going to Ringwood or the angel Google. I'm not sure which one about going to Ringwood. And so we did that on the 2nd of August. We sat down with our youth leaders, Dan and Ebony Frecker, and and asked them to pray about being the first uh, planters for us in Melbourne. And they came back with fear and trepidation and said, yes. And we launched out that very same conference. God spoke to another one of our pastors, Jeremy Moore, about moving to, about planting a church, an autonomous church, but they would be sent. And we went, began a journey over the last three years of, of releasing them and sending them to Auckland, where this year they're going to begin public meetings in Auckland. It's amazing what God can do in a moment or a message on a mountaintop, and He can set you up for years to come. So I love, I'll just, you know, get to Powerhouse Conference, just saying it's going to be amazing later on this year. So out of that scripture, Genesis chapter 35, verse 11, I began to pray a lot. I pray that, that those, those Bible verses a lot. I pray about God, make us fruitful. God help us to multiply as a church. God uh, help us to raise up kings in our church. Lord help us to, to to find that land you've got for us to build that landmark facility that you've prophesied over us. God put it inside of us that we would be a great nation, but we'd be multiplied to be many nations. I, and I wrote it up on my my wall in my prayer study at home. Just the, the, about seven things that I prayed over over about a two year period. And then and you, many of you have heard this, but I like to to retell it, on the 1st of January 2020, I sat on an airplane flying home from Sydney where I'd just done a dreaming service for C3SYD Oxford Falls, and the Holy Spirit prompted me and said, I want you to write a dream for the next decade for your church and we just changed our name uh, in that last two years. Part of the new era was a prophetic declaration that we're no longer C3 Kiwana Waters, a a church that's locked into a, a local geography, but we needed a name that would reflect, one, the distinctive and value of our church, but two, would allow us to be one church in different cities and ultimately different nations around the world as part of what God's called us to be. So we became C3 Powerhouse. So I began to write this vision down on the 1st of January, uh, sitting in, I don't know, maybe 7F. I can't quite remember where I was sitting. It wasn't quite near the front, but I was back, not at the back either. And I began to write this stuff about our church, what what God had put in my heart. And I wrote it down, and then we we fleshed it out a little bit, and, and it be, it's become our dream for the decade. I, I look at it now, and it, it's kind of, one, I'm very glad that God uh, said, do a decade, not just a year, because the vision for 2020 would have been pretty ordinary after all that happened in 2020. So I'm glad that God said, think 10 years in advance. And so we've written it down. And as, as God tells Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk says, to write the vision and make it plain that those who read it might run with it. And that's what I want to do for us to make a vision clear. And it's not just a vision, it's a dream. It's about the kind of church that wouldn't it be awesome if we become this? It's not like I'm prophesying that we become this. I'm just like this is the church out of that scripture that I'm imagining. Will we do it all in the time frame? I don't know. But the power of a dream is it brings focus. It brings agreements. I love what God said to the the, the people in Babel when they built this tower to heaven, and they weren't Christians, they weren't followers of God, but this is what God said in Genesis 11 verse 6. He said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Not saved, not having God on their side, but if they've got one heart, one mind, one language nothing will be impossible for them i believe that's that's the way god wants you and i to think that's why when the day of pentecost came god said i'm going to give them all one language a heavenly language that's going to get them into agreement when they speak in a heavenly language but he's given us language for our church and so this is our dream for the decade now there's a couple of things I'll explain as we go, but I want us to put the first one up. And this dream for our decade, uh, we've changed it this year from I to we. So this is no longer what I see for our church, although it is. This is what we see for our church. This is, uh, ideally reflects a moment in everybody's life when, when someone says, what church should I go to? And someone in the neighborhood goes, you should try that church. All right, that church. And then after a while, you come along and you go, I like this church. And then then you make a decision, I'm going to make this home. And you're like, this is now my church. But the most powerful moment kicks in. And this is why language is really powerful. When you say, I love this church. This is our church. This is our house. This is our church. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I love our church. Come on. And then to your second favorite neighbor as well, say, I too love our church. I know it's awkward if you're sitting on the end of the row, but that's just how it works. So we're going to read through our dream for the decade together as we, knowing that if we're speaking one language in agreement, nothing is impossible with us. So are you ready to go? All right, I'll I'll set the cadence. We see our church in a season of revival, a powerful movement of God with radical salvation, healing, and young people being apprehended for the call of God. We see it for ordinary means with a thousand people being saved a year, and increasing to one day. We see a thousand people saved across a weekend. I'm imagining an Easter sometime in the. It might not be this decade. The next decade, ten locations, a hundred people saved at every location at Easter Thursday night, Easter Friday, Easter Sunday, Sunday, and we're like, no way. That that seemed impossible when you wrote that down. But with God, all things are possible. All right. Next one. Here we go. You're doing so good. You, you can, can, can I ask that you don't just say this, but you prophesy it? Yes. You declare it, and we declare it together. All right. We see us being a leadership factory, training, raising up our leaders who are brilliant disciples. There is a multiplication of leaders who are gripped by a strong and unshakable fall of God, which causes things for the gospel. All right, hold it right there for a moment. The next one, spoiler alert, uh, for, for when I wrote it was, I see us in our new premises on Power Road. One of the decisions that we've been making recently, we're still believing for Power Road, but apparently now we're in an order of number four, who has a contract on it. There's two other people and then we're way down the order. So it will need a miracle for us to get to Power Road, which I believe in miracles, 100%. My main thought is that God, when you put your faith and focus in the prophecies and promises from God on a specific place, then God either directs it to that specific place or he takes it to what was always his intended place that you didn't know about at the beginning. So we've just broadened it out to on the sunshine coast. Just so just, this is for the next ones. Let's go. Nope. Next one now. We see here we go. We see us established in our new premises on the Sunshine Coast. It's a landmark facility. This will be a demonstration of God's power, a result of a series of miracles that echoes around the nations the Lord will be glorified for doing exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And everybody said? Awesome. Next one. We're rolling. We see new church locations starting with Melbourne in 2020. We are believing for five new church plants. We see these locations supernaturally in their own buildings because we first broke through on the Sunshine Coast. All right, let me just make a quick little comment about this. Uh, In Melbourne, we were in the building in Melbourne last week. So for for our church, there's been major moments of breakthrough. Getting this building, fitting this building out, was about a $2 million fit out and council fees we did for about $450,000. It was miraculous. And so in the declaration of that, in Melbourne, now this took us about 10 years of church life to get into this building. No, 15 years. In Melbourne, in one year, we got into our own building, our, our own rented building, given $100,000 worth of equipment. So this is what happens. When you break through in the apostolic hub, then breakthrough in the next locations is easy. That's why that. Okay, next one. Let's go. We see our church filled with influences and Innovating, cutting-edge marketplace leaders who excel in every sphere of society—government, media, sport, entertainment, education, and business. Entrepreneurs who set the standard for business excellence, leadership, and wealth creation. And everybody said, "Amen." Kings will be among your descendants. All right. Now, this is this is another one of our things. Just so you know, when we say there is a breakthrough anointing, who knows what we do? Just, just. It's just a little bit of fun. You just click your fingers. Why? Because when we filmed it the first time, Danielle clicked the fingers, and it felt like it just released lightning from heaven. It's just a little bit of fun. All right, here we go. We see our church consistently experiencing powerful healings. There is a breakthrough anointing on our church. Very good. You're healed in their seats during worship and watching online. Wait for a moment. So when I wrote that on an airplane about people watching online... Watching online wasn't a thing. Like, yes, we went to YouTube, but COVID, Zoom, all around. And since that happened, we've seen numerous people healed watching online. See, there's a power in a prophetic statement that we believe and agree and declare phase by phase. All right. People are flying in to be in our services because they've heard miracles are happening at C3 Powerhouse. And everybody said. All right, the last one. Here we go. We see us being known for kindness in our community. Our reputation is for generosity, compassion, and practical help for those who are in need. We see us a haven of love, hope, and acceptance for all, radiating God's love into our communities. And beyond. So, we've expanded that to the communities of every one of our church locations in the future. All right, who's excited about being part of our church, our dream for the decade? So, you've got on your seat the latest uh, updated Wii version is on your seat. So, you can grab the Wii version, you can grab a hold of that. Uh, Each year, uh, while we keep the vision the same and the dream for our decade is the same. Every year we say, God, what's the emphasis that you're wanting to bring to our church? What's the, what, what's the, the word that you're speaking to over our church? I, I tell you, there's a, there's a few interesting things that God's saying. Uh, last weekend, Danielle and I, after going in the morning to our secret Powerhouse church and preaching for Vision Sunday, we popped over to Pastor Corey Turner's church, uh, Numa Church, which is, which is in a genuine uh, revival right now. We went to a three hour Sunday night service, uh, and they have a, a midweek, three hour Thursday night revival meeting, uh, which I'll get the, the privilege of preaching at soon, which will be awesome. And so there's, a, there's, there's just this genuine move of God. And so, in the middle of it, Pastor Corey prophesies over us. Okay, three Sundays in a row, this is what I preached a message, Paul Geeling preached a message, uh, and then the prophecy we get you want to have a guess what it's about? It's about digging wells. Like seriously, he's prophesying and you're digging wells in the Spirit and you're digging wells in your own hearts and people are going to come from all around to, to the well that springs up in your church. This is, this is a prophecy. So I, I don't know about you, but I feel like God might be saying something. <laughs> like, three Sundays in a row, I feel like maybe that could be an indication that God's talking to us about digging a well, a supernatural well, a well of revival a well that w- will flow so that it's not just not just ordinary, but something supernatural will happen. And, and so uh, as, again, on the plane on Monday, just coming back from that, I, this stirring that's been in my heart for the last six or eight months about revival, I just wrote down the stirring and I put it up on Instagram this week, but I wanted to read it out to you uh, around what I sense God is doing here in us. I've been a, uh, feeling a stirring Uh, And we're going to get the keys to come on up. That'll be awesome. I've been feeling a stirring to lead our church into a new season of prayer for a while. One of the impacts of COVID for our church and many others was an overall dilution of spiritual passion. Too much pivoting and not enough praying. So this year at both C3 Powerhouse, Sunshine Coast and Melbourne East, we are stirring the fires of prayer afresh. Not primarily prayer with our list and our needs, which definitely has a place, but prayer for personal revival and church-wide revival. We want to see the wellspring of living water bubbling up within every member of our church, to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh, to fall in love with Jesus, to worship with passion all over again for the fire of God to burn strong in every believer. I believe that the effects of personal revival flows into every aspect of church life. Our Sunday services here already feel different because of the prayer meetings and the prayers that we've been praying. For me, revival means a number of things. Increased hunger for God in every believer. A greater dimension of the tangible presence of God in our meetings. I will pour out my spirit. Increased holiness in believers. Visions and dreams and a greater level of hearing the whisper of God. An increased passion for the lost and boldness. A greater level of the miraculous and a harvest of souls. Now, I'm wary of weird for weird's sake. And I'm cautious about a me-centered Christianity where having personal spiritual experiences is the ultimate pursuit of my faith. Our great commission is to make disciples. But I don't want to settle for a form of godliness without power. Religion, good morals, well-organized meetings without Pentecost fire is not for me. I want to be in the middle of a move of God. Revive us, Lord. Pour out your Spirit on all flesh. That's my heart, my prayer for us as a church. My heart and prayer for you, for every member of our church, is that you would capture a fresh hunger for God. That's our theme for the year, hunger for God. I believe that when we're hungry for God, not just for what God can do for us, not just for what the blessing that might come, but hungry for God himself. It attracts the Holy Spirit. David says in Psalm 27 verse 4, One thing I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. I love that. David, who's got, who gets the auspicious description of being a man after God's own heart. And I would say that this would be one of the prayers that indicates that David's a man after God's own heart. I love in, in the Passion Translation it says this He is the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. What's your one thing? What's my one thing? If God could answer one prayer for you and I, what would it be? This is David's prayer, the man after God's own heart. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer Revelation chapter 2 talks about the church at Ephesus and a letter directly from Jesus and there's seven churches the most prominent churches throughout uh, that day that all get a letter from Jesus that the apostle John he is Jesus and he writes the church to, to the church in Ephesus this letter from Jesus And one of the things that it says, it says in verse 2, I know your deeds, I know your hard work, I know your perseverance. I know you cannot tolerate wicked people. You've persevered, you've endured hardships for my name. You've not grown weary, but I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first if you don't repent, I'll come and remove your lampstand from its place. To a church that's persevered, to a church that's morally upright, to a church that's known for good deeds and good works, Jesus writes and says, here's the most important thing for you. Recapture your first love. Remember, I don't know if you remember when you first got saved. How many people can remember when you first got saved? It's like Sunday is way too far from Sunday. Who remembers feeling that? It's like, this is so awesome to be in worship and connecting to God and His presence. I can't believe it. And then you found out there was a connect group. You're like, awesome, I can go to connect group. And then you found out there's a few connect groups. You're like, cool, I can go to a couple during the week. And then you found out there was Bible college. You're like, oh, I want to go to Bible college. You found out, oh, there's a prayer meeting. I want to be in the prayer meeting. Why? Because you just love God. You want to tell every single friend of yours about how awesome Jesus is. That's the works, the first works. Remember remember being first in love? If you've been in, you've been in love, I remember being in love with Danielle. she was working in Brisbane, we'd ring up, no FaceTime, no Internet, no mobile phones. But we talk on this weird-looking thing with a cord attached to it. And we just talk and we talk and we talk. And you get to the end of a few hours of talking and you go, all right, we, we should hang up. You hang up. No, no, you hang up. Are you still there? I'm still here. Oh, what are you thinking about now? It's first love. What's your first love with Jesus look like and how do we get back to it? How do we get back to it? How do we not go through the motions? How do we want to just gaze at him, to be in his presence? Things are happening at night and the kids are in bed and you've got a bit of time and rather than playing on your phone, you're like, I'm just going to slip into my prayer closet because I just want to spend time with him. Don't just read my Bible because I'm disciplined. I read it because it's a love letter and he's speaking to me. How do we recapture that? Hunger for God. It's something that we stir up. It's not something that just, you know what, I wish I could just pray a quick prayer and you get the hunger for God. But it's something that you and I stir up ourselves for God. We reprioritize. That's why we started a weekly prayer meeting. Our church Tuesday seven to seven thirty is just—it's called revival prayer, and the main focus is for you and I to get revived. We had over eighty people here on Tuesday night, just with worship music playing, waiting, praying, nothing, worshiping, praying, and then we do pray over our church that revival would come to our church. It's not a—it's not what I'd call a contending prayer meeting. We'll have some of those throughout the year where we contend for the promises of God. But this is the first and most important thing. God, let's get our first love back. Fantastic church, you're amazing. Teresa, I'm handing over to you. God bless.